Well, good morning. My name is Jeannie Stevens. I am one of the lead pastors here. And as Kurt mentioned, we are in our last week of our Uncomplicated series, and we're looking at and trying to find godly clarity in our relational complexity. And today we're going to be looking at what do you do when a relationship comes to an end. And I'm not going to lie, friends, that Ross and Rachel breakup, it was hard for me. I may not have gone to work the next day. That was, that was a tough moment. Uh, breakups are hard. They're really, really hard when relationships change and they come to an end. It's really painful. You know, you, you don't have to have had kids to have been aware of this last year, Disney's sensation, Frozen. Uh, it was the highest grossing animated film of all time. And what made the film so famous was one of the songs that the icy princess Elsa sings called Let It Go. Let It Go. Yeah, I'm sure that you've heard it. The song actually won an Oscar. And people all over YouTube have been recording themselves singing this catchy tunes, kids, adults, weathermen. Everybody likes to sing Let It Go. In fact, most evenings I will catch Gigi singing it in her bed as she falls off to sleep. Now, while this song may be fun to sing, letting go is really hard to do, isn't it? It's really hard to do. And I think most of us, we're okay to let go of things if we can have a guarantee that Disney is writing the ending. If, if we know that Disney is going to be the one that puts the happily ever after on the ending, then we're okay with that because we all want our endings to be happily ever after. And if you've ever had a friendship or a dating relationship come to an end, if you've ever had to leave a job or, or move on from one place to another, maybe terminate a business partnership, maybe even see an end of a marriage happen, walking through those experiences is really hard and it's often painful, and it gets complicated, doesn't it? And oftentimes what happens is we're afraid. When we know an ending is happening, we're afraid of the unknown, and so oftentimes what happens is we end up staying in the relationship or the job for far too long, or perhaps we never end up doing anything about it. We just sort of avoid the ending. Or, or we don't think through what it is that we really need to say. And so when we sit down to, to have the conversation, we fumble around and, and, it's, and it's an awkward conversation or perhaps we even avoid the conversation altogether. Or, or maybe we fear a confrontation, that it's going to get heated and it's going to get difficult, and so we end up bypassing the ending altogether. Or, or the worst is when you don't want to face the person that you know that you need to bring an ending to the relationship, and instead you send a text message. It's the worst. Now, I came across a text message this past week of perhaps maybe one of the single worst endings on text message. I want you to take a look at this. So here's what happens. Jacob says, hey, I have something to tell you. Hey, I do too. Okay, let's say it at the same time. Ready? One, two, three. Can we break up? Will you marry me? Guys, I mean, we're all wondering what she's saying, right? Such a cliffhanger. While the text exchange seems absolutely ridiculous, most people are not all that good at endings. 
And yet, healthy endings are essential to uncomplicated relationships. When we don't end things that are necessary to end, we often stay stuck and we miss the growth that God has for us in the ending. You see, endings actually grow us. There are relationships that do need to come to an end. There are habits, there are patterns that need to stop. There are phases of life that should come to an end so that new phases can begin. Perhaps even this morning as you came in today, you may be facing one of those seasons or in a relationship like that. In fact, Jesus was actually quite fond of endings. He believed that they had great value for us. In fact, in John 12, 24, Jesus says these words. He says, very truly I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and it dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. What Jesus is saying in, the, in this metaphor of the seed is that the necessary death of the seed is what gives birth to the needed life of many seeds. Jesus is the seed, actually, that had to die. And Jesus is saying that there are things that need to come to an end, things that need to die in order for new life to emerge, perhaps even better life to emerge. In fact, just a few chapters later in the same book of the Bible, John 14, Jesus spends almost an entire chapter explaining to his closest friends why he actually has to go why their relationship needs to change and what is gonna happen in their lives because of this necessary ending. Can you just imagine if you were one of the disciples and Jesus is saying that your relationship, how you've known it up until this point, is going to come to an end? But endings actually always precede beginnings. But unfortunately, most of us are not that great at the endings. Henry Wadsworth Longfellow said this. He said, great is the art of the beginning, but greater is the art of the ending. And see, endings are actually not the end. They're the prequel to the new beginning. You think about all of the endings that needed to take place in order for you to literally just be sitting here today. Your beginning, your beginning as a human being started with an ending. You left a dark, warm, and safe womb, and you started life on earth. Your beginning started with an ending. And then eventually, you left someone needing to care for you 24-7 as an infant, and you became more independent as a toddler. You then left being a toddler, and you perhaps started school, and you started making friendships, and, and you started building a life that was no longer just connected to your family. You then left childhood, and you entered into adolescence. Now that was traumatic for you and everyone else in your life. <laughs> Perhaps you also left adolescence to become an adult. Perhaps some of you are still trying to do that. And you went off to school. 
You lived outside of your family or on your own for the first time. Perhaps in that season, you left being single and you got into a relationship with someone. And maybe even that relationship resulted in the two of you deciding to end your singleness and to start a marriage. And then perhaps at some point in that marriage, you decided to add a child or two or three and you left the status of married with dual income to married with kids that drain your income. <laughs> Getting to a new season always requires leaving an old season. You have to leave the old in order to move to the new. And when we struggle to end things well, we set ourselves up to repeat the mistakes that keep us from moving on. In fact, my hunch is that many of you have a hard time starting healthy new relationships because you have a trail of unhealthy old relationships that were never ended well. What happens is we essentially find new people to play the old parts. We find new people to play the old parts. We choose the same kind of dysfunctional person to date. We find the same kind of defeating boss in your new job that you had in your old job. And until you let go of what was not good, we have a really hard time finding something that is good. Good rarely begins until bad ends. Healthy beginnings, healthy beginnings come from healthy endings. Healthy beginnings always come from healthy endings. And what I wanna do this morning is I wanna talk to you about two things. I wanna talk to those of you in the room that find yourself in a situation this morning and you know that there is something that you need to end. There's something that you need to end. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's a pattern or a stage of life that you're in and, and you're holding on and it is time to let it go. And then I want to talk to those of you that have had something come to an end in your life. Someone decided to let go of you. So, the first. What do you do when you are the one that has to end a relationship? What do you do when you're the one that needs to draw the relationship to an end? You're the one that has to put a period at the end of the sentence. I wanna take a look at the Old Testament this morning and I wanna look at two family members who found themselves in a situation where their relationship had to come to an end. So there's a Bible in front of you, it's in your seat back or it's perhaps on the floor if you're in the front row. I want you to grab that and I want you to turn to the book of Genesis. The book of Genesis, actually the word Genesis means the beginning. And so this is the start of the story. So we're going to turn all the way to the left, Genesis 13, 5. The page number is page 8. And I want to give you a little bit of context as to what's going on in the story that we're going to look at this morning. Now, God had made a covenant with Abram, okay? A covenant is basically a promise. So God makes this promise with Abram, and the covenant was that he would make Abram 
into a great nation. Abram eventually becomes Abraham. And this promise that God is referred to, uh, this promise that God makes is referred to as the Abrahamic covenant. So it's this covenant that God makes with Abram that actually has future implications. And in this promise, God told Abram that he would give him land and he would give him descendants and that literally there would be blessing upon his life. So Abram and his family what they do is they pack up and they go out in search of this land that God would give him. So Abram gathers all of his family and one of those family members that he gathered to take with him was his nephew, Lot. And so what we're about to see is we're about to see what happens in the relationship between Abram and Lot. So let's start at Genesis 13:5, and this is what it says. Now Lot, who was moving about with Abram, He also had flocks and herds and tents, but the land could not support them while they stayed together, for their possessions were so great that they were not able to stay together. And quarreling rose between Abram's herders and Lot's. Quarreling arose between Abram's herders and Lot's. So I want to pause right there for a minute. This passage implies that Abram and Lot were at one time in really good relationship, right? They worked together. They were family members. Lot is Abram's nephew, okay? So, so, so they, they were in a good relationship, but something changed in the relationship. What was once good now became bad. The circumstances changed, and so therefore the relationship began to change. And it says in the text here that they began to start quarreling between them. They were fighting, they were bickering, they were having a really hard time communicating with one another. Now, I firmly believe that healthy conflict is really good and it's really necessary in healthy relationships. Unhealthy conflict and constant fighting and nonstop bickering is an indicator that something is not good, that the relationship is in trouble. It's usually a sign that something needs to be done in the relationship. A conversation needs to take place. Questions like, hey, I've noticed that we've been bickering a lot or I've noticed that we've been quarreling a lot. Why do you think we continue to fight? Usually when this happens, it's an indicator for a conversation to take place. And one of the first things that we need to do when we are ending a relationship is we have to look for signs. If you are in a season or in a relationship where you are contemplating, I think this relationship needs to come to an end or it needs to have a dramatic change to it, you need to be looking for the signs that indicate that, that support that ending. And looking for signs and reading signals that a relationship needs to change is essential to healthy endings. Abram paid attention to the sign that they were quarreling. He paid attention to it, that they weren't getting along and that it was affecting not only them, it was affecting other people, wasn't it? So Abraham looked for the signs and he paid attention to the signs. So a few things to ask yourself when you're looking for signs in a relationship. Are you uneasy internally with the relationship? The biblical word for this is the word discernment. 
If you have a discernment within, if there is something within you that says, this relationship doesn't feel right, you need to pay attention to that. That's a sign. Another sign, have you allowed yourself, perhaps, to just adapt to misery in a relationship because you've told yourself there's nothing you can do about it? That this is as good as it gets, this is how it's gonna be, so this is how I'm gonna have to exist in the relationship. That is a sign. Are you potentially abandoning convictions that were once important to you in this relationship? Does the person that you're in the relationship with tear you down instead of build you up? Do you find yourself fearing that if you walk away from this relationship, nothing better is going to come. And when you pray about it, do you sense that God is not endorsing the relationship? These are all signs that you need to look for. And if you have these signs, you need to pay attention to it. These signs are signs to look for, and almost always they are indicators that the relationship either needs to change or it needs to come to an end. Now the passage, it continues, and Abram does something about the signs that he sees in his relationship with Lot. And he says this, the Canaanites and the Perizzites were also living in the land at the time. So Abram said to Lot, he said to his nephew, Let's not have any quarreling between you and me or between your herders and mine, for we're close relatives. Is not the whole land before you? Let's do this. Let's part company. If you go to the left, well, then I'll go to the right. And if you go to the right, I'll go to the left. Abram, Abram in this moment, has what I call a lean-in moment. He has a lean-in moment, and this is essential to ending a relationship well. Abram, what he did, he leaned in. He leaned in, and he defined reality in his relationship with Lot. He leaned in instead of leaning out. Instead of leaning out, he had the essential DTR, right? He had the define the relationship conversation. He had the talk with Lot. He was specific with naming what was wrong in their relationship, wasn't he? He clearly said, let's do something about this. He gave a solution. And then he was gracious in saying, so which way do you want to go? So which way do you want to go? And I love, I love that Abram just said to Lot, let's not make this thing complicated between you and between me or your herders and my herders. He was aware of the fact that they were close relatives. He was aware of the fact that there were other people that were going to feel the change in their relationship. And so what he did was he said, let's part ways in a healthy way. Let's put an end to how this relationship is functioning in a healthy way. Now, one of the things that I love about what Abram did here was he didn't just go online and unfriend Lot from Facebook, right? Okay? He didn't just like, you know, say, oh, I'm done with you. You know, your sheep keep getting in my way. I'm just, I'm tired of this. Unfriend. He didn't do that. He didn't ignore his text messages. 
He didn't ignore his calls. He didn't ignore his emails. Abram didn't send out some tweet into the Twitter sphere that said, time to pack up your herds and head for the hills. We're so over lot. <laughs> Hashtag Old Testament problems. <laughs> Abram brought it out into the light. He was honest. He said, here's what is going on and here's what I think we need to do. He had a lean-in moment. And friends, as your pastor, and as somebody that so longs for you to have healthy relationships, I want to lean in a little bit with you right now. Some of the ways that I hear about how relationships are ending aren't healthy. Ending things on social media and then speaking poorly about that person on social media is really far from healthy. It's really far from healthy. Texting someone to end a relationship, I'm going to go a little bit further, texting someone to start a relationship is really far from healthy. Those kinds of conversations are best when they are eyeball to eyeball. And if you can't do eyeball to eyeball, pick up the phone and call. Ending a relationship via text is not a healthy way to end a relationship. And saying yes to someone that's asking you out via text, I can tell you how long that relationship's going to last. Probably not that long. Breaking up and then going back and hooking up is using someone. And it's selfish. And it's unhealthy. Talking about the person instead of talking to the person is unhealthy. Blaming the other person without taking responsibility in the relationship, it's not healthy. Abram didn't blame Lot for their quarreling, did he? He didn't put all of the onus on Lot. He didn't say, this is your fault, so get out of here. There was a healthy sharing of responsibility. And to lean in and to have a healthy conversation, to have a healthy ending, we have to learn to speak the truth in love. Ephesians 4.15, it instructs us to lean in with love. It says, speaking the truth in love, what it's going to do is it's going to grow us to become every respect, the mature body of Christ. That when we lean in with love, it actually grows us. And friends, I so, I so long for us as a community that when relationships get hard and when relationships get challenging and when relationships become difficult, because here's something, they will. They will. You are going to have complicated relationships and it's gonna get messy and you're probably gonna have to end some relationships. My prayer is that we would lean in with love and with truth and with grace. And having that kind of ending in our relationships actually is what sets us up for healthy beginnings. 
They're directly connected. In fact, you jump down a little bit and you look at what God did in the story. In fact, I would even encourage you to go and to to read the story of Abram and Lot because later on in the book of Genesis, their relationship comes back together. There's a mending of their relationship. But right here in Genesis 13, what, what happens is it says that the Lord said to Abram after Lot had parted from him. So there was an ending. Lot left. It says, look around. This is what God is saying. Look around from where you are, to the north and the south, to the east and the west, all the land that you see I will give to you and your offspring forever. I will make your offspring like the dust of the earth so that if anyone could count the dust, then your offspring could be counted. Go and walk through the length and the breadth of the land for I am giving it to you. Remember that covenant that we talked about? That promise that God had made with Abram? It was fulfilled after the ending. It was fulfilled after the ending. A new beginning began for Abram, but what preceded it was a healthy ending. The promise actually came after the ending and our healthy endings are necessary for healthy beginnings. And so my questions to you this morning are, are there some relationships in your life that need to change? Are there some relationships that need to change? Are there some conversations that you need to have? Do you need to to look at some signs that are literally staring you in the face that a relationship you are in or a job or, or perhaps a season that you're in, it needs to come to an end. And you maybe need to have a lean-in conversation. So those are some of the things that you do when you're the one that has to end the relationship. But what do you do when someone has ended a relationship with you? What do you do when someone puts a period at the end of the sentence and you didn't see it coming? I have a dear friend named Carrie and I asked her permission to tell this story. And a little over a year ago, Carrie called me and she said three words. Jeannie, it's over. And through tears, She told me that her boyfriend um, had ended their relationship. And it was one of those endings that was out of the blue. It was heartbreaking. She thought that he was the one that she was going to spend the rest of her life with. Their families had connected with one another. He knew her family. She knew his family. They had begun to talk and to dream and to prepare for their future. They had all sorts of ideas of what they were gonna do, where they were gonna live, when they were gonna get married. It was all in clear view. And then she got the call that said, it's over. It's done. And Carrie and I talked for a little while and we prayed with one another over the phone. And she said, Jeannie, would, would it be okay if I came to visit for a few days so that I could just you know, clear my head and clear my mind um, and figure out what is next for me? And so, of course, I said, yes, um, I would love for you to come. I'd love to spend time with you. And we spent time processing and praying and planning. 
And we spent time talking about how could she actually create a healthy ending out of the very unhealthy ending that was given to her. See, she didn't plan this ending. It was given to her in a really unhealthy way. But she didn't want to take what had been given to her, this unhealthy thing, and continue to walk forward and it remain unhealthy. She wanted this unhealthy ending to become healthy. And over the past year, I've watched her do two things in particular. And I've been amazed at how she has grown and, and how God has intersected this circumstance that she did not plan. And one of the things that she did um, so beautifully was she chose to lament the loss. She chose to lament the loss. Now, lament is like a, what does that mean? What, what does it mean to lament? Lament simply means to feel or to express sorrow. It's the process of grieving. Lamenting when something comes to an end is really important. You see, when we invest into something or into someone and then they pull out of the investment, you're gonna feel that, aren't you? You're gonna feel that loss. And the person that says, you know what? No big deal, I'm just moving on. I'm gonna shake the dust off my feet. No big deal, this relationship didn't mean anything to me anyways. That person is just in line to repeat the same patterns. That's what's gonna happen. And lamenting helps us face the reality that the relationship or the job or the season of life is in fact over. It forces us to come out of the numbness and the denial. And when we lament, when we lament, our feelings can actually bear fruit. They bear fruit. And I, I watched my friend Carrie grieve the loss of this relationship. And she felt the pain. She didn't numb out. She didn't go and rebound somewhere to try to avoid. She let the pain actually have a purpose in her life. And when people don't lament, they often try to hang on to some sort of false hope and they get stuck in the past instead of accept the present. And they often end up doing really unhealthy things all in an attempt to avoid the lament. And the goal after breakups is not just to break it all down, it is to be broken before God. The goal after breakups is to open yourself up and to be broken before God. And healthy endings will always require lamenting. This is something that you can do whether the ending that was given to you was healthy or not. And I wonder this morning if there are any relationships, perhaps in your past, that you just chose to move on from. You didn't want to feel. You didn't want to have to lament over it or grieve over it. Perhaps that, that wet substance that gets formed in your eyeballs, which is often referred to as tears, you fought them from forming. 
tears are actually an indicator of what's happening in our heart. And they're very, very, very healthy in lamenting. And I wonder if God is inviting you into some lamenting, to invite Jesus into that pain, to choose to accept the loss and to let the grief serve a purpose, to allow the pain to actually transform you. And I watched as my friend, Carrie chose to lament over this loss. And I also watched her um, take this ending and she let it serve um, as a life curriculum for growth. She learned everything that she could from God while she consented to a circumstance that she didn't choose. You see, she didn't choose this story. This is not how she would have written the ending. But she chose to consent to the circumstance that she did not choose. And in that process, it bore so much interior freedom in her life. The Carrie that I know from that phone call to the Carrie that I know today is a different woman. She's a different woman because she chose to learn from God in the process to learn from God in the process. And you have to be willing to look at the ending and to break it apart and to learn from it actually. And there's so much, there's so much to be harvested from the past. And sometimes what is most necessary when a relationship dies is for the relationship to actually receive a healthy autopsy. You see, when a relationship dies, sometimes what we most need to do is we need to give that relationship a healthy autopsy to actually learn from what happened. What does God want me to learn about myself? What does God want me to learn about his character? What were the strengths of this relationship? What were some of the weaknesses? And to learn from God requires us listening to God. And choosing to learn from a relationship that has ended is the precursor to being able to have healthy relationships in the future that perhaps don't end. And choosing to see it as an opportunity to learn instead of seeing it as a failure. You know, one of the ways that God is most at work in my own life right now is he's helping me to eliminate the word failure from my vocabulary. He's helping me to just eliminate the word failure from my vocabulary because what happens to me is that when I see things and when I experience things as failures, what I translate is that I'm a failure when a relationship falls apart, when a hope that I had doesn't come to fruition, when I make a big plan and, and it's gonna be great and something's gonna happen and, and these people are gonna change everything and then those people decide, I don't wanna be here. What I do is I look at the failure and I say, you're the failure. And what God is doing is he is saying, no, 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 no. 
It's a learning. It's a learning. You see, a relationship ending doesn't make you a failure. You know what it makes you? Human. A relationship ending, it doesn't make you a failure. It makes you human because we all face relationships coming to an end. Jesus himself faced endings in his relationships. He faced rejections. He had people leave him. He even went into relationships knowing that those relationships were going to betray him. And the last time I checked, Jesus was anything but a failure. He was anything but a failure. And choosing to take the word failure out of my vocabulary right now and to allow it to be a learning and a way for God to transform me and to change me helps to receive the gift that endings can actually have in our lives. And I have had to walk through some very significant and very difficult endings. And some of those endings I chose, and some of those endings were chosen for me. And I didn't have a choice. And I have had to learn to bring all of those endings to Jesus because Jesus is the purest model that we have of a healthy beginning coming from a healthy ending. You see, this is, this is where our hope is, that the life and the freedom that we actually find in Jesus, it came from his sacrificial ending. It came from Jesus laying down his life and sacrificing himself. It's actually what leads to the beginning of real life, to real transformation. And this past week, as I've been praying and as I've been studying, my heart has been so heavy knowing some of the stories that are walking in here today. I know that some of you walked through the doors today and you have faced an ending. And perhaps it was a painful one. Perhaps it was unplanned. It was a circumstance that you didn't see coming in your life. Some of you today you know that you need to create an ending. That there's a relationship that's perhaps unhealthy. There is a season of life that you're in and you need to move on into a new season. There's a friendship that needs to, that needs to change. There's a dating relationship that you should not be in. And you know that it will be hard and you have fear and you are afraid. And some of you, some of you need to go back to a relationship. Maybe it's a friendship, maybe it's a family member. And you know, not because of my words, not because of anything that I'm saying, but because you know that the Holy Spirit right now, the Holy Spirit is speaking to you and you know that you need to go and you need to make some things right. 
and you just sort of let that relationship evaporate and there was never a healthy endings. And healthy beginnings always come from healthy endings. And healthy endings are what give us the ability to find new songs to sing. You know, one of the central characters in the Old Testament is a man named David. And David faced a lot of painful endings in his life. Some of them he initiated and some of them were initiated for him. He faced rejection, he faced betrayal, he faced pain, he faced lament, and he found himself in the pit of despair wondering if perhaps God had even left him. And in Psalm 40, um, he writes these words. And I believe there are some of you here today and you need to cling to these words as hope. And you need to cling to these words as the possibility that a healthy beginning can come from the healthy ending that you are in. So I want to read these words over you and if it helps to just close your eyes and to, to listen to them. And then I want you to let this song that Patrick and Fabi are going to sing. I want you to let the Holy Spirit just speak to you through it and see what God might be trying to say to you. Psalm 40. I waited patiently for the Lord to help me. And he turned to me and he heard my cry. He lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on solid ground and he steadied me as I walked along. He's given me a new song to sing, a hymn of praise to our God so that many will see what he has done and they will be amazed and they will put their trust in the Lord. <laughs> 